When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back with you, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. And we welcome in Brandon Vogel, Hour 2, Managing Editor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. And uh, his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Vogue's yay or nay, as your screen views it, is that orange or red on Mark Cranach? Uh, it's looking pretty red to me. Yeah, I, know what I, you guys I need, I need my, uh, my eyes checked, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Set him off in hour one. That was beautiful. Well, um, I, I think I think what makes it, it's, it's the top of the Braves hat. You know the top of that Braves hat is red. So once you yeah. see that is red, then the, the sweatshirt becomes red. If Mark were to take off the hat, I think you'd maybe see it more as orange. But with the hat, knowing what that hat's color scheme is, it, it proves the sweatshirt is, is red and this is I, this is I, terrible radio here. Nobody can see Mark's hat at home. But well, <laughs> I can't I can't believe we have to t- talk about this right now. But hate to break it to you guys, but there are different shades of red. Not all there reds are. are the same, mm. right? Yeah. So for instance, Elijah, you wearing a plaid kind of like lumberjack sort of shirt jacket, red and black. It's a darker red, mm-hmm. right? Which is a little bit different than my true red. Which is a little bit different than the graphics on this uh, live stream, mm-hmm. which is a little deeper red. Totally and this all shade. brings us into uh, different portal acquisitions, correct? That's where you went with that. that was... Right. The, this this is where there. this yeah. is where we transition to to <laughs> portal additions, and uh, there's the Michigan State route two years ago that everyone was high fiving in East Lansing. Wow, look at Mel Tucker. There was last year. <laughs> With uh, with Sparty and and Mel Tucker, you're invited to, to participate in the show, and a few of you have already this morning on the stream. Hail Varsity YouTube channel, ESPN Lincoln Facebook and Twitter, and of course Hail Varsity Radio's Twitter handle. You're invited to uh, follow that as well at H Varsity Radio. Follow Elijah at Herbal Essence. Follow Brandon Vogel at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter, as you see there on the screen. If you're watching, not listening. And at Schmidt underscore radio. Vogues, keeping with this portal edition theme, uh, what player that has been added via the portal are you buying stock in for 2023? Whew, good question. Um, I I might be this might be a little bit uh from from the back of the pack, but I, I remain pretty intrigued by Jeff Sims, the the quarterback. Okay. Um which, you know, he was he was a huge recruiting win for Georgia Tech at the time that they got him, you know, at the start of the Jeff Collins era. 
was was kind of I think that might have been after his first on field season in Atlanta and, and they land Sims big time recruit big time get ends up kind of being their starter for three years but Georgia Tech never turns it around Jeff Collins who you know is pretty pretty familiar with with Matt Rule I guess would be the way to put that um, gets fired and this season doesn't doesn't go all that well for Sims so as a player all that potential is is kind of still there and he had he had his good moments his his 2021 at georgia tech was pretty similar to casey thompson's at texas from a statistical perspective i think relative to the strength of their teams so and you know with with casey recovering from from an offseason mm-hmm. surgery we're going to get a lot we're going to get a long look i think at sims and, and the rest of those nebraska quarterbacks so he's one who offers some mystery to me but an intriguing sort Brandon, can you give me a, a, a comparison for who Jeff Sims is as a quarterback? I, I maybe come back to a, a poor man's Lamar Jackson just with how Marcus Satterfield describes his own offense. It sounds to me a lot like the Ravens, so then that my mind goes to Lamar Jackson. But you've seen a lot more quarterbacks, a lot more football teams in your day than I have. Do you have a, a, a comparison for what type of quarterback Jeff Sims could be at Nebraska? Yeah, no, I think that's that's a pretty, a pretty good one. Um, and, I mean, I think that, that – type of potential that that kind of projection for him is is what he was coming out of high school and it it's tough you know for whatever reason georgia tech was not able to to get much momentum uh, under jeff collins you know i thought that was an intriguing hire at the time it was made now he you know he, if you had it to do over again he, he went out and made a pretty big show about kind of putting a fence around atlanta keeping atlanta's best prospects at home to, to go to Georgia Tech and eh, that's tougher to do than you'd think because Georgia is 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 the hot new restaurant in in, in recruiting <laughs> circles I guess would be the way to put it so you know the the Satterfield thing listening to him at the the at his initial meeting with Nebraska meeting uh, media talking about the QB run game that's one that's going to require some offseason exploration probably going to require some spring football because you look at Spencer Rattler at, at South Carolina, he didn't really have that a great quarterback run option. Um, so how Nebraska melds that, I think, gets interesting. But um, the, you know, Casey Thompson also isn't somebody that you would say gives you – is a run-first quarterback. You know, Nebraska had to pull out, I think, what they got from him in that, that aspect of the game this year. So that, that makes Sims pretty intriguing to me as well. Also intriguing, Brandon, the, the wide receiver room has has gotten pretty interesting. You you're adding five five guys that you know have quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of experience, in, or at least enough. You know, when you talk about Kemp coming in from Virginia, Fleeks coming in from Baylor, the return of Xavier Betts. Uh, you're also getting uh, Isaiah Car- Garcia Castaneda back. I mean, these are guys that have played football and produced at the Division One level, and then you add to that Malachi Coleman, who looks like he could be ready just physically to maybe compete too. How much do you think that changes the dynamic of what we can expect from Nebraska this year to be a threat this year versus the typical one or two wins in year one of Matt Rule at a, any given program? Yeah, I think it. I think it boosts it. Um, I mean the anytime you have a coaching change you're going to get this to a degree 
um, <clears throat> a, a kind of clean slate for for everybody. But I think you really see it in the wide receiver room. Because um, as you mentioned, there's some guys there that have, that have played a, a good amount of football. Garcia Castaneda is a player I really liked coming in last year and, and liked, you know, he kind of disappeared pretty quickly, but liked what we saw of him in a Nebraska uniform. I haven't tallied it up specifically, but I'm guessing Kemp probably comes in with as many like career catches and yards as, as anybody in Nebraska has. So he's, he's really intriguing and fits kind of a different, really represents you've got some some guys that have played football at a high level at times at nebraska at times elsewhere um getting all those pieces to fit together if you've got a, a good group of pass catchers and, and a returning quarterback um those, those are pretty important things in terms of going into a new season so i would agree with you you know we can look at temple rules first year at temple and his first year at baylor and be like wow they really like tore it down to the studs and I don't think you can like totally eliminate that, but that's that's not my expectation for for what Nebraska should be able to achieve in 2023. Brendan Vogel is with us here on Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. We'll get to some more of the stream comments from folks that are chiming in. Vogel, uh, let's focus on uh, Athens, Georgia, for a moment, and some of the uh, additions and potential additions from Nebraska. I know that's not far from from your zip code and uh, reaction here to, to what Nebraska is doing specifically with a, a team that's won back-to-back national championships. You see a certain level of dude that has gone to Georgia in the Kirby Smart era. And quite frankly, there's a certain level of dude that, that Georgia's always gotten. And uh, until the last couple of years, or maybe the Kirby Smart era, it feels like Georgia's been a underachieving uh, program despite their talent level and NFL success. So how do you see this paying off and working for Nebraska? It's one thing to get. Can you get development and then contributions from these kids you're targeting? Yeah. I mean, I think the development part of it's a key thing because with, with transfers, you're, you're hoping some of that developments, I mean, the ideal transfer is is a ready-made player, of course. You know, somebody who's just going to come in and be as exactly as good as, or maybe not exactly, but pretty close to as good as they were wherever they were previously. You plug and play, and that's it. With these Georgia, uh, the two Georgia transfers that are in, and an offensive lineman, Jacob Hood, is also in Lincoln this weekend. He's somebody who's kind of – he hasn't played a ton yet. Um but what you know with those guys, like, you know, the talent level is super high to even get into a Georgia uh, signing class. So, so that's a good start. Um, but the development piece of it still, still has to, has to happen for, for those guys. It's, they're not the kind of ready-made transfers, really similar to, to Stefan Wynn uh, coming from Alabama, who played a decent amount of football. Um, but you were still kind of waiting. You were hoping that, you know, Nebraska would be the spot, the situation where he could fully realize the potential that got him into a place like Alabama. That's kind of how I put these two Georgia additions right now. That said, they both come at 
positions that I thought Nebraska really needed to bolster. Uh, you look at an edge rusher and then a tight end. So really, really good on that front. Um, and now we'll, we'll see what happens. Because like you said, you can come in assuming they, they, they've got the talent they need. Um, now it's making sure the situation fits um, for them to find the field and produce. Brandon Vogel's with us here, the Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, we talked yesterday on the show about that that Fran Brown connection down with Georgia. And I just want to hit on the, the type of guy that Georgia recruits. It feels like Matt Rule, what he wants at Nebraska, that, that kind of guy that has one or two of those those athletic traits that you, you just can't teach, whether it be speed, jumping ability, just, just something that makes this guy a, a freak of sorts. It feels like that's the same recruiting profile of what Georgia likes to hit. Just a guy that's got some sort of athletic profile that sets him apart from the rest of the country, then you can go turn that guy into a, a, a big-time football player. And Is that part of the reason why you think we're seeing this Georgia connection, this cycle, the fact that what Georgia looks for in their recruits is similar to what Matt Rule looks for in his recruits. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I I think that's a key point. Having kind of a a calling card or two, whether it's speed, whether it's you know um, strength, whatever whatever it might be, certainly helps. This certainly seems to be a key trait for for this new Nebraska staff, and I think you've seen that at Georgia some too. Um, finding a guy that's like, hey, you know, every, every recruit or every team kind of recruits at its its own level and its own space there. If you're going to go outside of that, why? Um, and you see that with some of these guys, you know, Jacob Hood, the, the offensive lineman who's on campus, he was only a three-star. And when I, you know, saw that initially, I was kind of like, I didn't know Georgia accepted three stars. But, <laughs> but they have. Um, and, and, and Jacob Hood, you know, Stands out. I think he's six eight. Uh, I forget how much he weighs, but three five forty two. Yeah, you're you're up there. Um, yeah. So um, I, I think you're right, Elijah. I think there are some common kind of recruiting strategies there between those two programs. Brandon, what do we know so far about Nebraska's new strength and conditioning program? There's different styles. All of them can work. It appears that under Duvall, it was very much a lift heavy right? Power-based kind of program. And the reason I'm asking that, I'm thinking of guys like Nash Huttmacher, who I think has achieved a level of a level of strength to where it's almost diminishing returns. You know, you're just like, all right, dude, you could squat 9,000 pounds. Like, you, you know, it's kind of like getting an 8K television. Like, you just, you don't, you can't, you're not getting anything new out of that thing, right? Like, it's just 4K is plenty. Um do you think he's a guy potentially and Nebraska maybe their their profile as a whole it seems like they're going to maybe slim down a bit right and and sort of value agility and athleticism over maybe that sheer brute power that it appears that Duvall's program was based on do you see it that same way yeah i think so i think it's heading that way i think an emphasis on um, and I mean, obviously this is different for some positions, but an emphasis on speed or just athleticism, um, I would expect to take a little bit bigger focus, you know, at, at UCF, Nebraska's Nebraska's now former staff, I guess, um, really like hammered home that the, the speed angle. And, and so did this staff or large parts of this staff at Baylor. That didn't really, you know, I mean, we saw it sometimes, but it wasn't 
it wasn't the focus that I saw from from those coaches at UCF once they got to Nebraska. And that's fine. You know, maybe that was their assessment. They were like, okay, this is a different league. We got to get bigger. Um, so when I look at what's happening in Nebraska now, it's a little bit interesting to see them trending maybe towards something that I expected to come in in, in 2018. You know, it's just <clears throat> we can talk about the Big Ten and it's kind of conference-wide footprint as as a black and blue conference, a defensive conference, but it's just tough to it's just tough to compete with speed if you can if you can get it consistently and develop it. <laughs> um, it it even in a conference like the Big Ten, it can be an advantage for you, and I think that's where I kind of expect to see Nebraska head from a strength and conditioning perspective. Brandon Vogel's with us, managing editor, Hale Varsity Radio, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, as we we look at the the portal options and and Nebraska's recruiting prowess under under rule, and an exciting spring to come, you know let's let's zoom out a minute here on the rest of the Big Ten. Harbaugh is back. That's been announced this week. There's some ongoing issues uh, with their staff. Ohio State uh, looked incredible, but couldn't close the deal. Um, as you look at Nebraska with these additions, you know, how close in your opinion is Nebraska to, to being able to compete with the Michigans and Ohio States while still being able to survive and, and air quote, beat those teams that they've traditionally looked like in the West, because that's, that's Nebraska's task, right? Is to, be playing in January uh, to be competing for the West. And then, oh, yeah, if you get a swing at the big dogs, don't embarrass, don't embarrass yourself on, on that national stage. The, the infusion looks good on paper right now, but uh, are we talking Grand Canyon gap still, or is that gap narrowed, in your opinion, based on what Rule's done here in a short time? Yeah, I I would say it's maybe narrowed a, a little bit, you know, and that's a large amount of projection. Sure. Um, but I but I don't know that the gap. Well, it's tough. Um, I don't know that the gap ever quite. Well, <laughs> good question because I can't I can't sort it's it out. So hard. It's so hard. It's hard. Mean, it's hard. To I'm, look I'm thinking back to to some of those Ohio State games, and yeah, there was there was a Grand Canyon size gap. I don't think it's quite as big now. Um, let's start with the West. The West going into 2023, I look at as probably pretty wide open. Um, I think you got to, at least I do, you got to give Illinois what they earned this year. Um, that's going to be a, a solid program. Um, a, again, I think you got to do the same with, with Iowa, particularly with a, a new quarterback coming in, an experienced quarterback from Michigan. Uh, they're they're always going to play defense. They're always going to take the ball away at a rate that seems unsustainable, but has been sustainable for them for a decade. Um, so that's that's Iowa. Wisconsin gets interesting. Um, brought in a ton of quarterbacks. You know, that's a program. We we could do an entire show just on Wisconsin if we wanted to. In my mind, like big bold moves there. I mean, Luke Bickle is a good coach and he can coach, but really, this is kind of their. Steve Peterson moment, for lack of a term, where you're yes. breaking from basically the Barry Alvarez era, um, which, as we've seen at Nebraska, uh, can get can get pretty interesting when you choose to do that. Um, Purdue going under uh, going uh, undergoing a big change as well, so that'll be interesting. So, I mean, Nebraska's right there in the West, I think, 
because you know, what we saw this year, a flawed Nebraska team played really, really tough, kind of had the upper hand against Illinois and Minnesota for stretches. Two teams that I thought were pretty good in, in that division. And then obviously finally beat Iowa this time around. Uh, you look at the East, East also gets gets pretty interesting. I think you got those top three teams that are still still got a pretty big lead on on the rest of the conference as a whole, though the Michigan situation is certainly getting interesting. Um, how can Jim Harbaugh just do this every offseason and Michigan continue to not miss a beat? Ohio State fans, I think, are a little bit anxious about the Ryan Day era, um, which is interesting if you're not an Ohio State fan, but it's there. And then Penn State, Penn State's going to be the buzziest team in the Big Ten uh, for the next eight months. So those three still have a pretty sizable lead, but for another couple of seasons at least, Nebraska being in the West, uh, I think it's got as good a chance as anybody, really. Well, Brandon, to that point of, of Nebraska closing the gap on, on some of those top teams in the Big Ten, I think the hope in this football team lies in the fact that what you've seen in the past couple of years is a lot of places across the field, especially the, the skill positions, Nebraska has closed that gap and looks a lot more like some of those top-tier teams in the Big Ten, but where they, they still lag behind and where a lot of the, the trepidation with this team comes is that the most important place in the Big Ten, the lines of scrimmage, is where Nebraska still lags far behind the, those those top dogs in the Big Ten. And and the, the the question becomes, what can Matt Rule and his staff, who who are proclaimed line of scrimmage guys, what can they do in only one year? But what's your take on, on that offensive line, that, that line of scrimmage play that Nebraska still lags so far behind? And is that a, a potential one to two year fix, or do you think it's going to be a, a longer term project than that? Um, I mean, in today's college football, I'm not sure you have a whole lot longer than two years. So you got to get it figured out quick. But I think you're right. I think that's the point where things start to separate a little bit from from the top top line of the conference versus Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska needs a star on, on both lines, really. Um, it, it's been a while since you've had that player where you, you go into a year and you're just like, yep, yeah, that's a that's a potential first-team all-conference player. Don't worry about him. That's great. Um, haven't had that in a while. I don't think they. you look at the roster now as, as it is. Um, there's not that player that you would say, oh, he's, he's headed towards first-team all-Big Ten on, on either line. Getting a player or two like that, and, and maybe it comes from – from the transfer portal we've seen that happen um maybe it comes with just a change of scenery new instruction for one of these returning guys but you've got to start developing some of those players and you've probably got a, a two-year timeline to to do that not saying you know if it doesn't happen by then start over but things get things start to get a little bit anxious for for any football coach out there anymore i think after year two if if the gains aren't coming Quickly move over to Husker Hoops, Brandon, and uh, Hoiberg's crew above 500 in middle January. That's that's good. <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, so you got that going for you. You lose Jawan Gary for the season, and he's the Oakley, Barkley, Rodman of your team, right? Good it's, call with Oakley. Well, he's, he's a true four, right? A little more athletic, a modern version of a four. But, um, you know, he, he, that's a big loss for him. Or, or for the for the team, and so in the wake of that, you saw uh, Kilianitz, if, if I'm getting his name correct, seven foot one kid that comes in. Well done. Uh, you know, Jamarcus Lawrence getting a little more playing time. The game seemed a little too fast for him earlier in the year. Denham Dawson's playing time has increased, and he actually showed a little offensive game 
Um, I do. Do you see it as a pretty promising sign that Nebraska is getting some contributions for the from the bench? And it's, it's not that they're coming in and giving a spark, but they're also not coming in and being a a real obvious detriment <laughs> to the team. Are, are you seeing them round into shape? And and what does that portend for the rest of the year? Yeah, I think it's been encouraging seeing, well, against Ohio State, seeing the the performance that the bench players in particular put in, because you kind of look at this and, you know, and Nebraska basketball to me at this point, it, it's it's a little bit of like, okay, which way is this thing going? Not just for this season, but but long term. And and one of the things I think even as recently as a week or two ago, I was kind of feeling it's like, well, you know, you got to this point, you were basically 500-ish. I think it, it, it was clear to me Nebraska has shown some improvement. Um, defensively, the effort has kind of been there for, for most of the season, which I think helps offset a little bit of the Gary loss. I mean, it's big. He would come in and give you just bursts of, of like pure effort. But because the team, I think, is doing better with that as a whole, maybe you can maybe you can withstand that. But the big thing with me was looking at this: you've got Greasel and Walker, your two best players. They're both going to be be gone. So, say Nebraska ends up somewhere close to five hundred at the end of the year. In my view, you know, you're not making a coaching change after that. You showed some progress, but okay, what do you have to build on for for the following year? And it was tough to answer that question, I think, at the start, you know, at the start of January, at least for me. Now, as you start to see some things from from some of these bench players, you're kind of like, okay, well, you 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 would have some players coming back that might be able to to help you going into to 23, 24. So keeping that going and seeing that develop, I think, would be an encouraging sign for for Nebraska. And, you know, they'll, they'll have their shots in, in some of these Big Ten games. So let's let's see how they play it out. Brandon Vogel with us, managing editor at Hale Varsity Weekend Edition at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. I will complete his sentence as Chris is kind of <laughs> frozen on us here. Uh, and, you know, he'll, he'll come back eventually. Uh, Brandon, seriously, appreciate your time today, as always. And uh, we'll talk to you again next weekend, man. You have a good week. You too, guys. Thanks. All right. How about that handoff? Oh, there's Schmidt. He's back. I finished your sentence. Don't worry. You said Brandon L, and then we lost you. And then I said Vogel on Twitter. That's long you guys have been working together. Is you can just finish each other's sentences at this point. Yeah. Did, did, did Vogel just go uh, go Maverick and eject here? We lost no, him. No, no, we, we Mark, let him Mark, go. Mark, Mark, Mark let him go, yeah. Because it's 832. Okay. We got to get uh, to Sharp. That's fine. That's fine. I just... Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to ask him what, what's happening in the magazine, the new oh, issues I'll in answer, the mailbox. I'll answer, I'll answer that question. A lot of good okay. content. Thank you. A lot of good content. I'm going to go see if my dogs are terrorizing Junior's room. We'll take a quick time out and uh, be back with the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp joins us. Weekend edition continues with Hale Varsity, presented by Currency.